Hi, I'm Seth Atwater. I'm the Literary Life Coach, and this is... Uh, I'm Seth Atwater Jr. And we're here today. We're going to introduce you to our new podcast. Um, so this podcast, I'm just going to really start out with a little bit of an introduction to what it's going to be, and then in the future we won't do this again because you'll know. Mm -hmm. So what we're hoping to do is uh, with this podcast is it's a three three. We'll release three episodes a week. The first episode uh, that we'll release on Mondays will be a theme song episode, a literary theme song or a media theme song where mm -hmm. Seth and I, one of us will choose a theme song for a book, a character from a book or a movie or a um, TV show, a video game, whatever. But what we'll do is we'll present a theme song, the song that we feel like really represents the character, the book, the movie, whatever media format format it is. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about why we why we feel like that song fits that character or that book or whatever. And then and then the 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 Wednesday we will release our first media analysis podcast um, or media analysis episode and that will and that will be we will talk about, um, and we'll analyze the relationships between characters in different media formats and, and from, a, from a storytelling point of view and also from a psychological point of view. Mm -hmm. And then Friday we will release a second media analysis episode. So each week you'll be getting a theme song episode and then two media analysis episodes. Um, right. So that's that's the format, mm -hmm. and uh, my dad uh, is uh, has a lot of background in uh, mental health and like life coaching and things like that, and uh, marriage and family therapy. Um, so he'll kind of be covering the um, the relationship and uh, mental health analysis kind of side of those things and I am a writer and I know a couple things about how story structure works so I'll kind of be covering the literary side of the analysis that we do right and then okay and then we will also have uh, Jessica Atwater and Genevieve Maxwell with us from time to time and they will also give some analysis on and some of their thoughts mm -hmm. on these on these ideas as well yeah. So, should we uh, get into our first we theme should. song then? We should. So, so Seth, why don't you introduce the book, and then I'll introduce the song this week. All right, great. So, uh, the book that we're uh, presenting uh, or picking a theme song for this week uh, is uh, Percy Jackson, specifically the, the first book in the series, um, the, uh, the Lightning Thief. Um, which is, uh, we, we didn't pick it specifically for this reason, but it's good timing because I just finished rereading that book because uh, I was reading it aloud to my younger brothers. Uh, so I have a lot of uh, very fresh thoughts about it. And uh, my dad, the other Seth, um, has uh, a, a theme song that he's had in mind for this book for a long time that I think fits it really, really well. So, so this is a this is a story about Percy Jackson, who is the son of 
Poseidon, the god of the sea. Right. So, so in Greek mythology, so the story uh, kind of brings the Greek gods from Mount Olympus to New York City. Yeah. And and it's kind of a it's kind of a looking at the world, what it would be like if the Greek gods lived in the modern world and they were having children like they did in in the you know greek mythology right. where you had these kind of demigods who were the who were the children of the gods who had specific uh powers and abilities that that they would get from being this the children of uh, you know half so yeah. they would be half mortal and half god because they usually were born often or oftentimes were born to a mortal uh mm-hmm. a mortal woman but had a a um a father who was one of the gods so all the main characters are half-bloods or demigods who kind of go to this summer camp together where they train to be heroes that's called Camp Half-Blood. Right, and then and then Percy Jackson as he as he's kind of integrating into this uh, society and then also there's you know there's and then and then it goes from that camp to uh, all these ex- adventures that Percy and his friends have as they, as they go out on a on this quest that is sort of incited by a prophecy that they received from a modern version of the Oracle of Delphi. Right. So the theme song that we've chosen, and, and, and this is a theme song that I chose from, and this is by, this is the song Presto by Rush, the uh, band that was singing primarily 70s and 80s, but they did get into the 90s as well. But one of my very favorite bands, I love mm-hmm. Rush. And one of the things I love about Rush is that their their lyrics are very uh, philosophical and thought-provoking, and, and uh, they're yeah. not a very light-hearted group. They're a very, very dense uh, group. Very deep. Um, yeah. And so the song Presto really stuck out to me when I, when I first read this book. Uh, years ago, and I and I read it because because Seth was reading it and Genevieve was reading it, and 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 so and so I, yeah. I sometimes I like to read the books that my children are reading so I can keep up with um, with their interests and what they're doing. So I and, read and this. We book. were in the the generation that was like really defined by this story, like it was our Harry Potter. Right, exactly. It really was for you guys, and so and so as this book, these books came out, and as the, as we read, and as I read this book, it, immediately this song came to my mind, and it, it's an interesting, it's interesting. So I'm gonna just kind of go through a little bit, and Seth will talk about uh, how it relates. It, it starts off with, "I am made from the dust of the stars." And the oceans flow in my veins. And so to that, me, that's, that's like, kind of obvious how that relates, right? <laughs> you know, like, the dust and the stars. I'm, I'm, I'm half god, mm-hmm. and the oceans flow in my veins. That's the specific god. It literally just tells you who his godly parent is, which is Poseidon, who is the god of the ocean. Right, right. So, so I think that that introduces him right off the bat, which is fantastic. But then I love this next line too. Here I hide in the heart of the city like a stranger coming out of the rain. And that is exactly what he's he's kind of in the heart of the city. He's in New York City and he lives in New York City with his mother. And he, he's being like his mother is specifically kind of trying to hide the um, the magical uh, side of his life uh, and the, the nature of his uh, true parentage from him because it's dangerous for him to to be 
aware of that because the the heroes and half-bloods in this story attract monsters to them so his mom is doing everything she can to avoid uh getting him into the dangerous situation of having to be on the run from from ancient greek monsters all the time right so and so and so here he is hiding hiding in the heart of the city which is new york city and it says like a stranger coming out of the rain and and i think again he feels that way right he doesn't feel like he really fits and he really belongs and he has these he has these issues that yeah Uh, he struggles with like adhd and dyslexia and is kind of considered to be a little bit of a delinquent uh, right a lot of that is kind of coincidental because he does still attract weird supernatural problems he ends up getting kicked out of every school that he's in because of uh monsters and mishaps right Uh, but he he really does struggle to to fit in because of these uh both more realistic relatable difficulties and the uh the more supernatural ones right so so really this this first stanza of this song is an introduction to our character I am made from the dust of the stars and the oceans flow in my veins. Here I hide in the heart of a city like a stranger coming out of the rain. Yeah. That is our introduction to the character. I feel like we almost have to preface this with like, um, saying that not all of the theme songs that we come up with are going to be quite this exactly one for one. Like, (laughs) we we have a lot of really good theme songs prepared that we're going to talk about that are uh, that do line up really well with the books, but that, like, this is so exact. Right, right. And, and Eric, so, so let's go to this next yeah. stanza, and, and I'm going to set him and let you kind of explain some of this to us. The evening plane rises up from the win- runway over constellations of light. I look down to a million houses, and I wonder what you're doing tonight. So how does that fit with this book? Um, well... Uh, I think I'm being a little distracted by the plane part because uh, Percy specifically, he, he can't fly because his father has a little bit of an of animosity with uh, his brother Zeus. Right. Uh, and so when Percy is like in the air, he's in Zeus's domain, which puts him in a lot of danger. Um, but... Um, so, let me, so let me point out just something really quick. I, th- I think it's beautiful. The, the wording here is beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the evening plane rises up from the one runway over constellations of light, right? You think of constellations as being the stars up above yeah, um, in the sky, but I love this image of as you, as you take off in the plane and you're looking down on the lights of the city and it's, that's the constellations that you're seeing, right? Yeah. And, he said, and then he says, I look down into a million houses and wonder what you're doing tonight. And, and to me... This is more of the the idea of him being away from his mother, right? And you you get this image with him that he's he's worried about his mom. Yeah, like he wants to take care of his mom. His mom is with a, uh, a stepfather, and, and and the stepfather is not a not doesn't take good care of her. He's abusive. He's mm-hmm. mean, and so Percy has this thing of where he wants to take care of his mom. So whenever he's not where she is. He's still kind of thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, the in, in the first book, which we're talking about specifically, mm-hmm. um, that is a major part of the plot because he is 
separated from his mother at the beginning of the story. Like, for a significant portion of it, he believes that she is dead. Right. And he only takes on the quest initially because it's going to lead to him going to the underworld where he thinks he might be able to bring his mother back. Right. Um, so, but I, I think, yeah. Yeah, so you, so you get this image here you know um of of leaving right the evening plane rises up from the runway now he's not actually percy jackson's not actually in a plane but he is leaving his mother yeah uh, over constellations of light i look down into a million houses it's like as he's leaving he's looking out over this huge city that he's mm -hmm. leaving and he's wondering what about his mother right yeah and i think that actually plays really well um thematically with the story into the next uh line that kind of mm -hmm. is a uh, a pickup into the the chorus uh, where it says uh, if I could wave my magic wand I'd make everything all right um, and I was thinking about this actually uh, specifically in relation to um, having reread the book recently one of the really interesting things about Percy Jackson especially in the first book is that his antagonists that he deals with aren't mostly your real traditional fantasy villains. They're not big, scary, mustache twirly, evil dark lord kind of uh, characters. They're mostly bullies, uh, bullies mm -hmm. and abusers and people who um, want to put other people down for the sake of building themselves up, but in, in right. a very realistic and relatable way. He has to deal with bullies at school at the beginning of the book. Uh, there's Clarice at, um, Once he's at Camp Half-Blood, Half Half but then there's Blood. also yep. uh, adult characters who are bullies like uh, Dionysus, who is uh, kind of the, the director at the camp, really doesn't treat Percy well at all. Right. Uh, doesn't even bother to remember his name. Or there's his stepfather, who is really abusive to him and his mother and who his mother is only with because he literally smells so bad that it keeps the monsters from being able to smell Percy's like godly blood um, right and so he he's dealing with all of these different um, bullies and abusers and he would love to be able to say I could just make all of this better and make all of it go away. Right. But realistically, that's not how it works. Like, with some of the bullies in the story, he's able to do that. He, uh, with Ares, for example, he uh, gets to a point where he has a fight with him and actually beats him. Uh, but with a lot of the characters, he just kind of has to deal with them. And uh, with his stepfather in particular, in relating it back to his relationship with his mom, a big point at the end of the book is him realizing that it would be wrong for him to be the one to deal with uh, saving, he wants to save his mother from mm -hmm. this horrible guy, and he realizes it has to be her decision. This right. isn't something that I can do for her. And can I, I'm just gonna throw something in here. There's going to be a lot of spoilers in these in these <laughs> in these discussions. So just so you know, right from the start, we're going to be talking about the books. We're going to be talking about movies. We're going to be talking about and and if if it's something you haven't read yet, just know there's a lot of spoilers. Yeah. Every time we talk, we're going to talk about. We're Probably going to have a lot should of have given a spoiler warning earlier, but you know, most people have read Percy Jackson by now. It's not it, it it's not an old book, but it's not like super like hot off the press either. Right. 
Um, okay, so so let's let's move on because I love this next line too. Yeah. I'm not one to believe in magic, but I sometimes have a second sight. I'm not one with a sense of proportion when my heart still changes overnight. And I think that first line, Percy, his mom has kind of protected him from this magic idea that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I like about, that's kind of fun about the book is that he is magical, but he doesn't know. And of course, this kind of harps back a little bit to the Harry Potter thing where Harry's a wizard, but he doesn't know it because his aunt and uncle aren't going to, don't inform him. Don't and tell there are him. a lot of things about the structure and, of the story that kind of follow the basic idea of Harry Potter. Right. So, so, so Percy, now for a different reason, Percy is being, is being um, misled about his parentage yes. and his, and his abilities. So he says, I'm not one to believe in magic because he's never been taught. So, mm-hmm. so I think that goes along. But I sometimes have a second sight, and I and I and I specific. There's a specific scene that always makes me think of this line, and that's mm-hmm. when he's in there in the um, uh, museum, and nobody else can read the, the the inscription on the statue except for Percy because yeah. it's in Greek, and he's <laughs> like hardwired to understand ancient Greek because he's a demigod. Uh, but it also plays into the concept of the mist in the story, which is oh yeah, sort of a a. Uh, kind of thing that exists everywhere and prevents normal mortals from being able to see all of these uh, these mythological, magical things the way that they actually are. So people might see a uh, monster and interpret it as just a kind of large, aggressive dog or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, or the or the the who is it who is it that attacks him in the in the museum there the first time where he kind of gets attacked uh, his his uh, pre algebra teacher Mrs. Yes, Dodds who is yeah. actually uh, one of the um, the fairies yeah. or the the uh, people who the the like monsters who punish people uh, in the underworld for their misdeeds right so so she she attacks him and but nobody else sees her as a monster they no. just see her as his teacher yeah <laughs> and and uh, and so so it is it's this, it's this I don't believe in magic I'm not one to believe in magic but I sometimes have a second sight and he's and it's, it's both yeah the, the, the ability to read the ancient Greek that uh, when he's got when he's got dyslexia in English, he's having a really hard time reading. Yeah. But he reads ancient Greek just fine. And then also, he sees the monsters, whereas most people are seeing you know aggressive dogs or or mean teachers or but they're not seeing the creatures that, that or I love his his pen that is uh, his teacher. Yeah, it, uh, it's a, a ordinary ballpoint pen that when he uncaps it, it expands and turns into an ancient Greek sword, sword that can fight yeah. those monsters. So you've got so he's got this second sight, um, and he doesn't he doesn't learn about it until that moment really. And that's <laughs> the moment where he really he realizes that he has this second sight, right? Is yeah. When he's in, and and not that he hasn't had it before. But but it's it's he's never noticed it because nobody's ever helped him to helped him to understand what it is that he's that he was seeing. Right. Um, and then that next line, I'm I'm not one with a sense of proportion when my heart still changes overnight. And I just think that's still very indicative of his character, where he's learning who he is. He's still changing. He's still becoming. Yeah. And he he's a very like he starts out at the beginning of the story as a very young character. He's like. Uh, 12 years old in the first book so he's uh, he's at a, a like point where uh, he is experience like any normal person even would be experiencing mm-hmm. a lot of 
emotional and physical changes in that sense. Right, right, exactly. And he's got, you know, dealing with monsters and ancient Greek feuds mm-hmm. between gods to uh, to deal with on top of that. So right, right, absolutely. So so this so the next stanza, I think, to me, this next stanza is really about his relationship with his father, being being Poseidon, right? Yeah. And and he says so he says so it says I had a dream of a winter garden, a midnight rendezvous, silver blue and frozen silence. What a fool I was for you! And it's kind of this idea of wanting to you know once he learns who his dad is right, which he doesn't know right off the bat. But once he learns who his father is, there's this, I think there's a, a yearning, a desire to meet with him and and talk to him and and, and to get to know him and understand. Um, and, and maybe have a little bit of that uh, uh, like paternal relationship that he never really had because Gabe super doesn't count. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so he's got this, he's got this kind of, and that's what this kind of, you know, I had this dream of where we're going to meet, right? This winter garden, a midnight rendezvous, silver, blue, and frozen. You know, so I think of the silver, blue as water, the frozen <laughs> silence, you know, ice. This is all kind of the water realm of Poseidon. And then that expands even more to more directly in the the second part of the second verse that starts by saying, "I had a dream of the open water." Yeah. Um, I was swimming away out to sea, so deep I could never touch bottom. What a fool I used to be! Mm-hmm. Right. This is him. This dream of of having this relationship with his father. This dream of kind of coming together with his father. But then, I, you know, what a fool I was for you and what a fool I used to be. Because I think by the end of the book, you, you, you see that he's never going to be able to have that relationship that no, he wants not really. to have. And, and then at the same time, this, this um, maybe a little bit less so, but it can also address or play into a bit of the fact that Percy, within the story, literally has dreams that mm-hmm. uh, kind of, um, warn him about or foretell some of the things that are going to happen um, during the story, including dreams about his father, mm-hmm. not directly, usually a, a symbol of like a horse or something that represents Poseidon, uh, fighting against uh, Zeus in this this uh, conflict that is kind of the main driving force of the story. Right, so he has he has the dream, and then he was swimming away out to sea again. It's the water imagery that, mm-hmm. and he does have power over water because yeah. of his because of his uh, connection to Poseidon, and so, and yet, even with all of that, he still feels like he's been a fool, and mm-hmm. and and that he was a fool for his dad, and he's and, and so I just it just goes really well. And then the next line actually plays into kind of that idea of, of these, all of these people at Half Camp Blood who are the children of these, of these gods, you mm-hmm. know, these Greek gods. And he says, so the first time he says, if I could wave my magic wand, I'd make everything all right. That's, yeah. That I think alludes to his mother and her situation. Now this one, if I could wave my magic wand, I'd set everybody free. And I think there's this feeling of... At least from what I remember from the book, there's a little bit of a feeling of uh, abandonment that all of these children have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That their parents have abandoned them, but have abandoned them to have to fight these monsters to be, they're kind of trapped. Mm-hmm. They're, if, they, if they leave Camp Half-Blood, th- there's a good chance they'll be killed. 
yeah, they lose the, the magical protection that the camp uh, gives them right so there's this this sense of being kind of trapped in a way and I do think that this line I just I'd set everybody free there's if, if I could if I had the power all of us demigods all of us children of the gods would be free to just live normal lives mm-hmm. um, does that make sense oh yeah absolutely and then our next line I'm not one to believe in magic though my memory has a second sight I'm not one to go pointing my finger when I radiate more heat than light. Yeah, and this is something that we've talked about before when talking about this as a theme song, but that line, I radiate more heat than light, uh, I think is really indicative of uh, Percy's state, both physically as a demigod uh, and of uh, who he is as a person, because uh we've established that like the dust of the stars and kind of the symbol of light is connecting in this song to the the concept of the gods and the the Mm -hmm. divine and so it's saying here that he is the son of poseidon but more than that he is a human he is a a child and uh that the i radiate more heat than light, he is more. That's the mortal. More, that's the mortal part than of he him. he is God, and he has problems and relationships that are more like people, which is part of what makes it difficult for him to relate to or have a relationship with his father. But conversely, is what makes his relationship with his mother so strong and important to him. Right, and I, and I and I do think this is a a point where he's you get to a point in the book where where I think he's embracing. He embraces the mortality over the deity, yeah. over the godliness, and, and he wants to be the mortal. And he recognizes that he has these powers and he's going to have to use them to, to, you know, to protect the world and people. But at the same time, he's just saying, you know, I radiate more heat than light. Light representing the, the, the godly father character, heat representing the mortal mother character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he just relates more to the mortal side of life than he does to these immortal beings who really have kind of abandoned him, like we talked about. Um, and, you know, and again, he's, he says, I'm not one to believe in magic, though my memory has a second sight. At this point, he's, he knows who he is. He knows he's yeah. got these powers. And so he's got, he's got a memory now of that. Whereas before, he didn't. Before... He had magic powers, but he didn't know. He didn't understand. Yeah. He didn't have a memory. And he of even powers. he even starts to be aware that some of his memories that he had in the past of things that just seemed a little weird actually were these more supernatural things that he wasn't picking up on when he was younger because he didn't understand. Right, and then this next line again, I just it's just so Percy Jackson to me. And he says, "Don't ask me. I'm just improvising. My illusion of careless flight." Can't you see my temperatures rising? I radiate more heat than light, and this is this is this 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 is so Percy Jackson to me because he gets into these, and he, he's he's on this quest, mm-hmm. and he's and he's facing these monsters and he's facing these, um, you know, kind of uh, evil characters from from Greek mythology. Yeah, and he really doesn't know what he's doing, and he's just improvising each moment that he's there. He's improvising and he's doing the best that he can, but it's yeah. all improvisation. Because he doesn't have any, nobody's really trained him 
he hasn't gone through enough training to really know how to how to face these things yeah and so he's doing it through improvisation and that's part of the fun of these books I think is at least that first book mm -hmm. is that is that Percy has all these powers but he doesn't have a clue how to use them or what to mm -hmm. do with them or how to fight these these you know crazy creatures that he's yeah. that he's up against so I love that don't ask me I'm just improvising my illusion of careless flight so again it's 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 his it's this, this flight this um this uh adventure this quest right yeah. this that he's going on which is in a way kind of careless because it's like you said he thinks his mother's dead he wouldn't have gone on the quest otherwise mm -hmm. it's almost this careless almost like whatever yeah kind of thing and and then and then he says can't you see my temperature's rising right he's, he's what he's saying is I'm st I'm moving more towards the mortal side of me. I, my temperature's rising. I'm, it's the heat. And I it's radiate interesting that more he heat than light. The story not being aware of his uh, deific parentage or his connection mm -hmm. to to that side of him, and yet his quest ultimately brings him more in touch with his human side um, by the end. Right. Right, and the rest of the song kind of repeats some of the some of the lines that we've already talked about before. Yeah. But I just, to me, this is just such a great song to represent this character. He's you know um, starting off with that introductory paragraph that we talked about, you, you know his parentage, um, and then and then the uh, the the idea of his his connection to his mother. Um, and then, and then going on to where he's learning about his, he's learning about his powers. I mean, it's like the song just takes you right through the book. Yeah. He's learning about his powers. He's starting to understand. Oh my goodness, this is who I am. Um, and then his desire for a relationship with his father, but recognizing that's never going to happen, and as a result, uh, reconnecting again with his with his mortal side and his mother and and. And just that whole that whole sense of um, the you know his his impro improvisations and his just really takes you through the story of the book from beginning where where we're introduced to who he is, but he le gradually learns who he is. He goes through this quest and 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 these and his desires change throughout the book until you get to the end where he's once again reconnected with his mother. And that's the that's the real meaningful relationship in his life. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, so next week we will next week we'll have another another book and another um, another song. Yeah, and uh, feel free to tune in every uh, every week on Monday to hear our. Um, theme song analysis like this uh, and on uh, Wednesdays and Fridays for the media analysis. We're going to be starting um, this Wednesday with uh, a uh, kind of analysis of some of the relationships in the Disney Princess movies. Uh, I'm really excited to get into that. So. We're very excited about that one and I think, I think you'll enjoy that. So uh, until Wednesday.